0: Coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. I want to be around people who believe in me. I want to be around people who focus not just on themselves, but also on me. And when you have two people in a marriage who both believe in each other, that's that's you become best friends.
1: You're my best friend, so you're the one who I really want to talk to. Yeah. And so as a man, you know, it's just so important to in tune to what your wife wants in that area because it really is a secret to your heart.
0: So, I want to talk about a couple of things. The first is I want to talk about steps to being best friends with your spouse. Here's developing a friendship with your spouse, and here's how you do it. And the first is to be faithful. Now this is proverbs 1717 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity okay this is proverbs 1824 a man who has friends must himself be friendly but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother now uh, friendship is mostly developed or lost in hard times okay good times are great you know when we're friends and things are going great that's great that's good but When hard times hit, you will either gain my friendship more or lose my friendship more for what happens in hard times. Now, Karen and I, our marriage got healed, and the Lord miraculously healed our marriage, and people started coming to us for marriage counseling, and I came on staff at the church. So I was speaking in front of people. I'd never done that before. I was terrified of that. of Every issue I was, well, I lost my friendship with Karen. Um, Karen became the enemy. And I was trying to succeed at church, and I was trying to be all things to all people and not fail. Um, I lost a couple of years with my kids. I don't remember those years. I have vague memories of those years, but I don't remember them very well. And the only thing I remember was just working my tail off, trying to not fail. And the motivation was fear. It was 100% fear. And I would come home at night, and Karen, Karen's a great woman. She's just a great wife. but. I would come home at night, and, and what I what I wanted her to do when I came in at night was say, you poor baby, you've been fighting evil all day. You know, you come in here, and you don't lift a finger. We got you taken care of, and that's what I wanted. Okay, but That's not what happened. And I would come in the house, you know, after a 12- to 14-day day at work, seven days a week, and she said, I need this, Brent needs this, and Julie needs this. And it, it, it grated on me. And uh, I thought, I am trying to pastor a church. I'm trying to minister to people. I've been visiting the hospitals. I've been counseling. I've been doing funerals and weddings. I've been preparing for messages and all this kind of stuff. And and, and so she would just stand there and look at me. And I mean, I was, I was exhausted. I was just gone. And she would just look at me like, I need this. Brent needs this and Julie needs this. And I thought... Sister, you're persecuting the Lord's anointed. <laughs> God's going to strike you dead. <laughs> and you better watch it. Oh, my gosh. So we started fighting about that. And um, uh, I started sleeping on the couch. And I just thought, I'm, I'm tired of that nonsense. So, and I was very self-righteous about it. I was very self-righteous. And um, I was praying. The third night on the couch, I was praying. And I was praying for Karen for God to change her hard heart. And I was laying there on the couch, and, and I said, Lord, I pray that you'd help Karen because she's wrong. And here's what the Lord said to me. He said, you have communicated to Karen in real terms that the church is more important than she is. Now you repent. And I, I, I said, get behind me, Satan. That you know, But you know when it's the Lord, you know. So I went into the bedroom, and Karen was in bed, and I said, Karen, I'm sorry. And she said, what? And I said, I, I need to leave the church. I'm not prepared. I've never been to seminary. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm terrified. And it's just killing me. Now, the church was growing. I mean, the church has doing good. It was killing our family. And Karen said, Jimmy, God called you to the ministry. Just don't turn your heart away from us. Just come home and be at home. And so I stayed working for the church and I went to the elders and I said, help me. Help me to not be all things to all people. Help me to cut back, protect me because I'm, I'm burning out. I'm, I'm no good at this and all that stuff. Well, they did, but, but here's my point. I wasn't faithful to my friend, but my repentance to her was one of the things because I was deeply repentant, and I changed. I changed everything after that. You have to be faithful. You can't just be your spouse's friend when you want to be or when it's convenient. In the hardest time, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. It's the hard times of life that your friendship is developed the most. It's the hard times in life where the trust in our relationship is developed the most. That's when we have to pay the most attention. And if we've made a mistake, that's where we have to be careful to go back and make it right. The second foundation of friendship is believing in each other. And this is what it says in James 2. The scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friends of God. Best friends, you know, you'll never be friends with someone who doesn't believe in you. And so did you know, by the way, one of the reasons for marriage is that it brings us both to our full potential? That what we do for each other is we both release the potential in our spouse. Let me give you an example of this. The number one need that a woman has is security. And a woman becomes in an atmosphere of security. A good husband is a good greenhouse. He provides a a, a nurturing, protective environment for his wife. Well, when Karen and I got married, I never considered calling. I never considered that, because I was a chauvinist, I didn't believe that women were as important as men. And so um, I believed in Karen, I, I, I loved her physically, and I loved a lot of things about her, and I praised her for that. But because of the environment that I created for Karen of insecurity, she never became. So one day I'll stand before Jesus and give an account for what I've done for Karen. Understand this. Every husband is God's partner to bring his wife to her full potential. But in order for that to happen, you have to believe she has potential. You have to believe that God made her in her mother's womb to do something special, whatever that is. And as a husband, my job is to be God's partner, to find out why God created Karen and to believe in that. In other words, if I don't get mine, she's going to get hers. More important than me getting there, I want to get her there. I want to make sure that my wife understands If she's a stay-at-home mom, if she's a teacher, if she's a nurse or a doctor, if she's an astrophysicist, I want her to know that it is very important for me that she gets where God created her to be, that I believe in her. And that's what heals women. What scars women is for them to be lesser, not believed in, have to fight for everything that they get. So it's a husband's role to believe in his wife, to speak destiny into her. In other words, not boss her around, but to agree with her, that there's a special call in her life for every woman. Men become in an atmosphere of praise. A man's number one need is respect. We don't need what women need. We need respect. Men become in an atmosphere where they're respected and praised. A good wife is a good cheerleader. A good husband is a good greenhouse. But a good wife is a good cheerleader. And the more you praise your husband, see, 1 Peter 3 says, a wife can change her husband without a word as he observes your chaste and respectful behavior. Respect is so powerful in the life of a man will change our behavior for the person giving it to us. You can win your husband. If your husband's doing the wrong thing, you can win your husband as he observes your chaste and respectful behavior. It is so powerful. When we believe in each other, it's inductive. I want to be around people who believe in me. I want to be around people who focus not just on themselves but also on me. And when you have two people in a marriage who both believe in each other, that's that's you become best friends. The third thing is embracing each other's differences. Is that we become friends by embracing each other's differences? You never you never uh, you never have a friend who criticizes you all the time and who rejects your differences. Now, if you marry someone normal, they're not like you. Now that doesn't sound good, but it's right. If you married a normal person, they're just completely opposite of you. Now, we need to be compatible, but compatibility is not based on sameness. Compatibility is based on character and values. Do we believe in the same things? Are we going the same place? Do we want the basic same things in life? That's what makes us compatible. But even if you're very compatible, if you marry your perfect soulmate, you're just completely different than they are. And there's three types of differences in marriage. There are rejected differences. There are tolerated differences, and there are celebrated differences. When Karen and I got married, I completely rejected her differences. She was a normal woman, but I didn't understand women. And I just thought, I'm normal, she's not like me, so she's not normal. And, um, you know, the the saying that marriage is about becoming one, the question is, which one? (laughs) And a lot of times we get married, and rather than accepting the differences in our spouse, we try to train them to be like us which is impossible. You, it's, you can't change an unchangeable. And the surest way to fail is try to change the unchangeable. A woman's number one need is the need of security. Her number two need is open and honest communication. Her number three need is soft non-sexual affection. Her number four need is for leadership, for her husband to be the loving initiator. A uh, man's number one need is respect. His number two need is sex. His number three need is to be friends with his wife. And his number four need is domestic support. How can you be more different than that? We're different. We're two halves of a whole. And so many times in marriage, you know, rejected differences mean you're weird. You need to be like me because if, if you were like me, you wouldn't be weird anymore. But you're just, and I would say to Karen, Karen, when we first got married, she would say something, I'd say, that is so weird. It wasn't weird. She was just being normal. She was just being a woman. But I, I rejected it. The second thing is tolerated differences. It's, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, women, you can't live with them. You can't live without them. I'll tolerate you. You know, you're pretty, so you can hang around. (laughs) Celebrated differences. I'm so glad you're on my team. I just think you're awesome. You know, we fit together just like this, don't we? All of my weaknesses, you fill them in. Isn't it just awesome how God put us together? You never are friends with someone who puts you down. You're never friends with someone who doesn't believe in you. Number four, be real and transparent and allow your spouse the same right. Be real. This is John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what your, his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all the things that I heard from my father I made known to you. And so friendship means being honest. Okay, This is the next one here. Be a safe place of refuge for your spouse. If there's going to be honesty in the relationship, It just means, I'm going to be a... Listen, here's here's how you know who your best friend is. It's the first person you call when something great or bad happens. Why do you make that call? Because they're safe. I know that if, if something bad happened, that they're going to be merciful. If something good happened, I know they're going to celebrate with me. I know that they're not going to be disinterested. I know that they're not going to be unkind or judgmental. And so that's what I want to be Karen Evans' safe place. If anything good or bad happens in her life, I want her to come to me first. And for that to happen, I've got to be non-judgmental. I've got to be a good listener. I've got to value what she says, and I have to be there in those times she does it. So I'm going to be her safe place. Here's another thing, and this is critically important. Be fun and creative and have a positive attitude. Uh, Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Now, I do a, a seminar called Sexual Love, and Communication. And in there, I do a, a teaching, and it's called the fun, the fun Factor. Now, this is an interesting thing. Um, having fun in marriage dramatically improves your marriage. And one of the danger signs in marriage is when you're not having fun. You know, we talked to just a who just meant, come into his world. Don't get lost in the identity of a mother. And one of the things that happens get, can damage the friendship of a marriage is you get married, and you begin to have kids, and you have three or four kids or whatever, and all of a sudden your kids own you, you know, you're doing everything you can to please them, and you lose your identity of a friend to your wife and being a mother to the kids. And sometimes you can even start treating your husband like a kid, because sometimes they can act like kids, and so everybody's a kid. And all of a sudden you're lost in the identity of a mother rather than being your husband's best friend. And one of the most important things is to have fun with your husband and to go into his world, to find things that you enjoy doing together. But I told the story recently about a couple that their, their marriage was healed because she went deer hunting with him. And she didn't deer hunt, but their marriage was in trouble. And she said to her husband, he was going deer hunting, can I come with you? And he just turned and looked at her like, sure you can come with me. We love that. We love that, you know, and it doesn't have to. Like, women, a lot of times, they consider a date something that you really worked hard on, but but a man, it's a date if we jump in the pickup and go down to Seven Eleven. I mean, it's just just being with you is a date, just being in your presence, having fun and hanging out. That's a date. So you work hard at having fun. The last thing is bearing each other's burdens. This is Proverbs seventeen seventeen. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Galatians 6 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, that's what friends do. So when Karen and I wake up in the morning until the time we go to bed, now this is the truth. We serve each other. That's all we do. I do the stuff I'm good at. Karen does the stuff she's good at. And we serve each other all day long. We bear each other's burdens. And so physically, you know, I've got an office at home, and Karen will call me and say, I'm coming down the street. I've got groceries. You know what that means? That means meet me in the garage. There's some fetching and toting you're about to do. (laughs) Okay. I do that. I love it. See, here's another way to say that. My friend is not someone who stands back watching me do something and doesn't help. Right? Friends help. You're moving and they say, you need some help? Something's going on. You need some help? That's my friend. My friend is not going to sit there and watch me do something that's a burden and not help me. So my, my job is to do what I'm best at. So Karen will say to me today, can you go get the mail? Can you do this? I fold clothes. I, uh, I vacuum. I, I make beds. I, do all, I don't cook for health and safety reasons. I, there's, there's limits to what I can do. But Karen serves me all day long. When I was getting ready to come here tonight, Karen said, uh, what do you need? And I said, would you mind doing this and this? No, she goes and does it. So we, we serve each other. We bear each other's burdens, but I'm not going to stand back and watch her working and suffering and doing something that I can do without helping her. Because why? Because we're friends. And so if you didn't develop the right skills of being friends, maybe when you're dating and maybe your your friendship has taken a hit from some issues that you've had in your marriage, again, these things, anybody can do this. When you're working on your marriage, you say, we're going to be friends again. Well, this program today is on being best friends in marriage, which is huge. It's the really the bedrock, Karen, the foundation of your relationship. Mm-hmm. And and really, when you're dating, the the purpose of dating is to establish a mm-hmm. friendship.
1: That's what we did. Yeah. I mean we became really best friends immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean we talked about everything. Yeah. You know, and we dated for so long. We dated for four years, so we got to know each other mm-hmm. huge. It was like the best thing that could have happened to our relationship. Well
0: sometimes people their their friendship they had a friendship but in the midst of marriage mm-hmm. it kind of eroded. In fact, we have a couple of questions mm-hmm. from yours here.
1: Okay. My wife treats me more like her child rather than her friend. It's very emasculating. What can I say to get through to her?
0: Well, I think praying, first mm-hmm. of all, just praying that God would break through her heart. And secondly, um, women need to understand that men need their wives to be their friends. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, well, sometimes you get mad. You know, she could be mad at him and she's just kind of taking it out on him. Or she's kind of become more of a mother than a wife.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to say, it's a mother thing.
0: Yeah. Is that, and so he's kind of annoying her, and Mm -hmm. rather than focusing on him Mm -hmm. and their friendship, she's focusing on the kids, and he's not, you know, doing what he wants to do. Well, and I think it it helps if
1: the woman brings the man into her world, as far as like, if, you know, she's treating him as a child, it's probably because she hasn't stopped and thought, okay, he's my partner. He's not my, you know, child. And, you know, just, Find ways for him to be involved in the same things you're involved in, yeah. you know, where you see each other as co-equals instead of the mothering, you know, I do this well, so I want you to do it like me.
0: Right. And, and respect is a, a man's number one need. Uh-huh. But another important need to men is for their wives to be their friends. Mm-hmm. So that it really is a, it's a twice, it's kind of a double sword here, double-edged sword. She's disrespecting him and not being his friend. Mm-hmm. And so I think that talk to her, but it's something that I think women need to understand that they need to... You know, respect their husbands and put Mm -hmm. them first. Karen, uh, let me read you this question. Karen, how do you get your husband to open up? I want him to talk more and share with me.
1: Well, you and I went through this because, you know, you'd come home tired from work and it's just like, I need to talk. You know, you have little kids. I thought you were nosy. <laughs> and I wasn't. And so, well, I am kind of, no, that's okay. <laughs> but anyway, well, it's just that time to be able to talk. I mean, a yeah. woman needs that. You know, that's why yeah. we have girlfriends. Sure. But her best friend, I mean, you're my best friend, so you're the one who I really want to talk to. Yeah. And so as a man, you know, it's just so important to in tune to what your wife wants in that area because it really is a secret to her heart. You know, to be able to communicate. Open
0: and honest communication is one of a woman's most important needs.
1: Mm -hmm, To be able to communicate with each other and to share each other's feelings. And even as a guy, you may be bored. And there's times I've said, you're checking out, I'm talking. You still need to stay engaged, you know. Well,
0: it's not one of my major needs. But I enjoy it. I mean, I I didn't back then. But when we began to talk, it really was enjoyable to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, But the other thing is... It doesn't matter if I want it or not. It matters that you need it. Exactly. The secret of meeting the secret of being friends (laughs) is meeting a need in your spouse that you don't have, Mm -hmm. because most of our needs are different. And sometimes we think, well, if I had a a good marriage, if I married my soulmate, they would need everything that I do. Mm -hmm. That's not true at all. And so when you need to talk, this woman's saying, how do I get my husband to open up and talk? The number one way to do that is to, well, first of all, meet his needs. Mm -hmm. You know, come into his world, meet his needs, but tell him, honey, I need to talk. I need to, you know, and, and honestly, we have resources that, that help. Marriage on the Rock is an example of this. Uh, you know, Our Secret Paradise, the resource we're offering right now, talks about, you know, how to open up to each other and how to develop intimacy in your relationship. And so we're almost out of time here. But, again, this program is on being best friends. Karen and I are best friends. Mm-hmm. And the, our friendship is the foundation of our relationship, but we work at it. It's something that we have to work on to keep it the way that it should be. When you watch this program, I hope that you're blessed. I hope you're helped. Our passion and our mission is to take this message of hope and encouragement for marriage and take it around the world. Right now we're broadcast into millions of homes in North America and over 200 countries worldwide every day, multiple times a day. And you know, when you stand with us financially as a partner of marriage today, you're helping us. Hopefully you're getting blessed by it as well. But you're helping us to go across America and around the world giving millions of people hope and help for their marriage and keeping little children together with their parents. There are thousands of children together with their parents because someone like you supported us. The information is there on your screen of how you can write us, you can go on our secure website, or you can call us and give your most generous gift. Thank you for all of you who stand with us financially. We pray God's blessing on your marriage, your family your life. Again, I hope that this program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for joining us. Come back next time. Bye-bye.